Hey Shannon, where are we? We are at a park that is for once quiet. Mm -hmm. um, however, it is where all of the families apparently have come to take their fall photos. Yes, it's a very beautiful day for fall photos in the park. Yes. Um, Sun's out, good weather. <laughs> probably one of the last of the summer. Yeah. Yay. Sweaters. Why are we here? Because I'm not sure I know. Yeah, um, I was going to try to piece something together. We are close-ish to where you have performed in some Christmas shows, um, but yeah, we wanted to be in a park instead of a parking lot today, because, uh, you know, big things to talk about. Yeah. Um, and we haven't recorded in a hot minute. Right. So This just seemed more peaceful than a parking lot. Yes. Um, when you come up with the idea, like, parking lot talks, you think, like, it'll be fine, there won't be any other cars but ours. But it turns out uh, that's not really the case. That's only true after a show at, like, 11 p.m. In my head, <laughs> it seemed really, um, like, that was just going to be the case all the time, no matter where we went. Right. And it has not been. Mm -mm. Um, but big news for you, you're in a show. I am. Do you want to tell us yeah. about it? It's it's sort of a show. We're going to record it, but we're recording it in a theater, so I'm going to count it. Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah, stick that right on that, the resume. That'll work. Um, yet another Christmas show, which I feel like the last thing I did was a Christmas show. Well, the last thing we did didn't, oh didn't happen, but the last <laughs> thing I actually did was a Christmas show. Yes, that I, is... air quote, stage managed that Christmas show. You did. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's so sad. It is. That makes me physically ill. Mm -hmm. It's been a long year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so we are doing a socially distanced green screened recording of a kid's Christmas production about Santa. It should you be say very interesting. Green screen. Do you mean they're going to put like images of Santa's workshop up behind that you? That is correct. Amazing. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea how any of that works. I'm excited to see it happen, but we are just going to record everybody separately and smush them together. I love that for you um, in a very deep and real way. What is, what's the, what's the story? Well, what's always the story in Santa's workshop? Something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> It's Christmas, but something has gone terribly mm -hmm. wrong, and, and only now we must fix it. one person can save the day. And is that yeah. person like an elf? This time that person is Santa with Santa magic. Oh. I mean, with, you know, just he Being fixes it. Being Santa. Yeah. <laughs> um, For all the small children who every, have found our podcast. All the kids podcast. who listen to this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, Santa pretty much does most of the, the saving. And then the general yeah. community through... A, a very cute, a very cute plot. It is, it's, it's adorable. And what, like, what's your character? What's the vibe? Uh, well, I'm an elf. Again. Yes, I, I seem to, to get that part a lot. It's weird. I don't think of you as like a particularly perky person. No, I don't think so or either. Like, jolly. <laughs> no. Um, and I'm up against two very, very jolly elves and two very jolly reindeer. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the least jolly out of all of them. I do love a grumpy elf trope, though. There's yeah. some of that in the Santa Claus movies, mm -hmm. certainly in Elf the Movie. I do like that archetype. I'm at least going for, like, slightly sassy, not mm -hmm. just all happy all the time unless, oh, no, something is wrong. I just can't do that again this year. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and give her a little bit more um, attitude is I the love goal. That. 
we're gonna see how that goes elves with attitude is a great name for like a holiday <laughs> store <laughs> that's cute you know like how those spirit of halloween shops pop up everywhere yeah you could have like a elves with attitude pop-up shop for christmas yep i like it someone should get on that yeah i'll give that idea away for free anyone who's listening you can have it oh man when i was little um like if we ever were like traveling around the holidays or whatever i was so excited because like our town had a mall with like three stores in it so we would go somewhere and they would always have like a specialty shop for christmas i was <laughs> like, because they had all those, like, train models with the mm-hmm. snow and the little people that moved. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> just really peak that experience. It is Christmas. It is. <laughs> I, like I don't know what Christmas vibe. is this year. They have a good vibe. Yeah. Very nice color mm-hmm. scheme. Yeah, really good. Big fan. They will have good Christmas cards. Mm-hmm is all we will see of each other this Christmas. Yes. Make good Christmas cards. Oh, man. Make creative Christmas cards. Make funny Christmas cards. We need more humor. Did your family or maybe send or receive like a a holiday newsletter about the family? Uh, We we did uh, produce a holiday newsletter. Usually it was more of an Easter letter Mm -hmm. due to uh, publishing problems. Um, in the in the the home studio Um, sure yeah so uh, it it never went out around New Year's it was always late so yeah my parents never did that but I do remember receiving a lot when I was a kid and I I remember reading like my sister and I would read them and these like very like wow, people's lives are so boring, sort of a fashion <laughs> of, like, why are people updating on this now? And I look back on it now, and I'm like, no, like, huge things were happening to these people. Like, they yeah. were having babies, they moved, they got married, right. whatever. And I was like, why? Like, I already knew all of this about you. Why would you write me this letter? It's so unbelievable. Lame. <laughs> Adult stuff, boring. So bored. <laughs> I think I should send, first of all, some of my closer family would think it was funny or roll their eyes at me, but some of my more extended family would be like, we always knew Alyssa was nuts, but like, send an update just on myself. Do it. <laughs> like yes. on, you know, red glitter paper or something. Absolutely. This is what I've been up to. Yeah. I That's have so time. I could probably handwrite them. It's, it's real, uh... Yep. Real slow going this holiday season. Uh, yeah. In gel pens. <laughs> mm-hmm so pretty do you have any i guess this podcast really isn't about the holidays but i have holiday questions there you go do you have holiday traditions things that you do every year um for probably the past five or so probably a little longer five or so years um we've been going as a family to the jungle gyms store up near cincinnati it is a monstrous grocery store with a lot of international sections and mm. lots of fun weird food and weird tanks of fish and all kinds of stuff so we'll go there and uh because 
one of our long-standing traditions is having a really fancy breakfast. We're not big on like the Christmas dinner. Christmas breakfast yes. is our big thing. Um, it's all set out all the fun utensils and all the pretty plates and then it just gets left out all day and you just snack off of it yeah. forever. My mom does Christmas breakfast too. It's very fun. Yeah, I think I personally just like I'm not a huge turkey fan so I just can't like really stomach huge turkey yeah. on Thanksgiving and then turning around and doing it on Christmas too. Like, no thank you. Yep. Um, yeah, but my mom does Christmas breakfast which is like now that my siblings are married we try to sync up so they go off and on so every year either they'll do breakfast or dinner at our house and then the opposite with their in-laws um so I don't know what this situation is this year because COVID right but my mom's probably going to scale back on dinner because like not as many people are going to be there yeah. this is going to be weird my mom doesn't do a good job at like um shouldn't have taken a huge pause after my mom doesn't do a good job <laughs> probably cut a little bit of that, <laughs> do that. Mom. I have that skill thank you my mom doesn't uh like scale back on her like meals so like if if she's planning a dinner and the recipe feeds 12 people and five people come it's just like you're getting like Tupperware <laughs> containers of leftovers everyone's going home with like dinner for a week yep which is great because, like, I don't like to cook. Sure, I'll take a box of this food home with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my grandmother does the same thing. She yeah. will cook to feed an army every single time. It's like, so she, why she not? never She never realized that her... I should know how many sons she had right off the top of my head immediately. Five of them. Mm -hmm. Yes, her five boys have left the house yes. so you don't need to make so much food and are out of the like anymore. ravenous we have to eat everything all the yes. time phase yes. of life yeah. yeah it took a while for her to realize that they that she did not need to make that much food anymore for my family we we so my mom used to have like a lot of little things one like we always got gifts from like Christmas characters which, like, but we also, I never have a memory of, like, believing in any kind of Christmas magic type yeah. of thing other than just my mom. Right. Um, but she did it anyway. One cool thing that my mom used to do, I've been trying to get her to bring it back for years, is we had a mystery gift. So, like, the gifts would have clues hmm. leading up to Christmas. And if you, like, guessed it, there was, like, a little prize. <laughs> Um, and I can only, I don't remember any of my brothers, but I can remember one of mine and one of my sisters. This was a very 2000s gift. I got a landline in my room one year. It was deal. purple. <laughs> it was a huge Amazing. deal. I was so excited. And then <laughs> one year my sister got a blender. She was like 12. <laughs> she just like really She's wanted to make <laughs> smoothies or something. <laughs> And I can remember, like, the clues were, like, mix it up or whatever on the little thing. Yeah. And we were, like, thinking it was some kind of, like, music thing or whatever. And then she opened a blender, and I remember her being very stoked. Oh my gosh. Um, but they stopped doing that when we were older. I don't know why. Um, but I think it would be a lot of fun to do now. Maybe we should do it to my, my parents. There you go. Hysterical. That would be fun. <laughs> I got a lot of time to think about the clues right now. Yes. 
Now this year we're doing Secret Santa because um, everyone has moved. It's been COVID. Yes. It's just been an expensive year. No kidding. So we're cutting That's very smart. back on the yeah, gifts. Um, but we're also betting on we everyone had to write down who they think got who. Right. Um, so we're doing like a little bit of a draft. <laughs> so your Christmas are really complicated. Gambling. That's great. There's just like a lot of elements, I think. Yeah. It is 70 degrees where we are talking about Christmas. I know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but it's almost freaking November, I like. Know, I know. At work, um, we do a lot of like planning for things two weeks out. Mm-hmm. And today I got a phone call about something happening on November 7th, and I was like, why are you calling That's me about forever. this? I was like, mm, big yikes. That's so soon. <laughs> Literally around the corner. Yuck. Yeah. Oh, man. I went to Hobby Lobby a month ago, which is just dangerous at and any, what was at the any vibe? point. Was it Halloween vibe or was it Thanksgiving everything, vibe? Everything? everything was out. All of it. <laughs> all, of the, all of the holidays were happening at uh, once. It was chaotic. Colorful, but chaotic. I think at this point, we should just get to the point where, like, Everything's always out, but there's like one um, featured section. Right. <laughs> All the holidays. Yeah. But right now it's technically this one. Yeah. Like, it's technically Halloween, but I don't like Halloween is parties or trick or treating, so I just yeah. feel like we is should. Is it even happening? Cut it. So weird. Um. My sister got my niece a costume, and they are going to a socially distanced movie night at church, <laughs> so all the kids That's can, adorable. like, watch a movie in the sanctuary, and there was, like, a limit to how many kids could come, um, but even that's not, like, Halloween, that's just, like, watching a movie yeah. in a onesie, essentially, because she's little, so. Yeah. What's her costume? Oh, uh, Sully from Monsters, Inc. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> She is Boo as Sully. Yes. That's so cute. Yeah. Didn't want to be Boo. Wanted to be Sully. Only, only thinks that Monsters, Inc. is called Sully. And says Sully like it has seven syllables in it. Sully? Something like that. Yep. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, here's my... Um, slightly theater related proposition for you okay I've been thinking about this a lot okay um I think we should open a bookstore it's like a used bookstore we've both worked in like a cafe type of environment so there's like limited coffee selection Mm -hmm. as well and like my mom bakes things perfect you know yep um We'll never tell people what she's going to bake. You can't Mis- come for the same thing twice. <laughs> yes. Like, I'll tell you what's in it, um, but I can't promise it'll be here tomorrow. That type of a vibe. But it just has, like, instead of, like, spoken word cafe, it just has, like, a little stage for, like, little performances. Or, like, a downstairs that has little performances. But I've thought about this a lot. Your family has a library, or at least yes. they did when we were younger. Yeah. 
I have a fair amount of books. I mean, I don't have a library. I'm one person. But I, I don't throw books away or really, like, resell my own books. Yeah. So I feel like I would be willing to sell my own books if I made the money on them 100%. Yep. Because <laughs> at this point, I have read them all. And just the amount of time that we have both spent in bookstores, I think we could turn that into a full-time job more or less already. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I saw this thing about these girls in England who met on like a friendship app, like Tinder, but just for having a friend. Sure. Which I actually think Tinder tried to do for a while, but probably no one's doing that. <laughs> Everything and, turns into a dating app. Yes. Not the other way around. Absolutely. <laughs> and they like literally talked about it and there's um this trend happening on social media now like how it started how it's going with like two side-by-side pictures Mm -hmm. and the like side-by-side was the conversation they first had about opening a bookstore and then the how is it going is like the them cutting the ribbon and I was like Shannon I could totally do that yes and I feel like post-COVID, there's just going to be, like, a lot of geese. (laughs) Yeah, right now? Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's just going to be a lot of, like, um, commercial real estate that has been vacated. That is true. And I feel like we have exactly the vibe of, like, two people that would own a used bookstore. (laughs) That is shockingly true, yes. Mm -hmm. Like... I'm drinking water out of a mason jar right now. <laughs> We're just, like, cutesy enough. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You drive a bug. I do. I could deliver books in the bug. Oh, my God. The book bug? The book bug. <laughs> Come on. Uh you have a name for it yet no i i generally think that we do better on names when we work together independently we've come up with some clunkers that's true (laughs) that's true (laughs) so i'm open to ideas um i do like the idea that it goes on wheels and becomes the book bug (laughs) absolutely Uh, i mean delivery will still be a thing after covid everyone's getting used to stuff just being brought to them and staying in their Mm -hmm. homes definitely definitely and I also like the idea that years after you're not able to drive that car anymore, which you have driven for eight years, Yep. Um, it remains in the parking lot of our bookstore. <laughs> yes. And well, like we, part of it gets incorporated into the building or uh-huh, something. Like, yes. you know, you put like a piece of the, that's, yeah, like, I like that. Um, like it used to be at the Spinelli's where they had the car seats as booths. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I feel like I've heard multiple people talk about where it's a theater space that's not just a theater space. Yeah. But those, I don't know why they're so rare. Well, I, I don't think, get it. I think part of it is that we know from experience that a lot of dedicated theater spaces for community theater, not professional theater, but they spend a lot of time unused. Mm. And we worked in spaces that have, like, rented out to other theaters. They have rented out people get married or whatever's Mm -hmm. going on there. But for the large part, they just kind of 
do tend to sit there and I think that we've also rehearsed in spaces that are like non-conventional yeah. unconventional um, and may do and I think that like ours is not a unique story in that sense like so many people have made unconventional spaces work theater people are resilient like that Yeah, I think that it is more of a thing other places yeah but I think that our city is just like a little slow we're a little behind it yeah yeah I mean because we've only got one in the city that I know of that, that is, is like a multi-purpose mm-hmm. multi-purpose space that was really hard for me to get out well that's that has is a business that also has a theater in it yeah I think, I think there's so. only the one that's no, a very good one mm-hmm. um, yeah and like as much as I love a good poem I personally just can't sit through a spoken word night because for the, every one great poem you hear you just hear some that make you too much secondhand embarrassed in my personal yeah, opinion yeah and I am hugely susceptible to being secondhand embarrassed which I don't really understand because I am not hugely susceptible to being firsthand embarrassed. <laughs> You're only embarrassed for other people. Yes, like I never, wow. like I do dumb stuff all the time and I don't feel personally embarrassed hardly ever. Right. But like even sometimes if I'm watching TV and I can tell that something embarrassing is about to happen to someone, I mute the TV and like start scrolling this. on something on my phone. Like I can't. That's really interesting. Huh. Yeah, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I think maybe I had, like, a huge phobia of being embarrassed when I was a kid. Or, like, looking dumb. I feel like we've talked about this before. That was, like, my number one fear is that, like, someone would have something over on me or, like, mm-hmm. I would make a fool of myself. So my coping mechanism for that was just, like, to learn not to care and I think being in theater was like, you're gonna do embarrassing stuff on purpose, in front of people on purpose. And like, that really numbed me to any feeling of embarrassment for myself. Yeah. But I think when I watch people who are about to be embarrassed and they don't know it's coming, that like deep six-year-old sense in myself mm-hmm. is like, turn around, turn around. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. Don't go in there. <laughs> oh my god, no. I, I, I do think it's low-key akin to the feeling other people get when they watch a horror movie. Huh. Of, like, a jump scare. Like, yeah. don't go in there. Yeah. That's very interesting. And so, for that reason, poetry nights at, like, a bar yeah. or whatever, it's just so deeply vulnerable. <laughs> and, like... People work really hard on that poem that has an A-B rhyming scheme, and I don't want to make them feel bad about it. No, no, no. So, like... ah. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get with that Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. And when you have, like, a lot of arts acquaintances, you get invited to a lot of stuff like that. (laughs) And then you find yourself in, like, an improv show or a poetry contest or like reading someone's terrible manuscript and you're like how did I end up here (laughs) this is painful please don't make me do it again I have to come up with one good thing one good thing oh yeah like 
what did I like about this? Oh, that yes. I. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's always that's a stretch sometimes. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like, well, I can give you a list of the bad stuff, but that will crush your hopes and dreams. Yes. You're 12. You looked really pretty. Uh huh. That was very brave to get up there and say those words. <laughs> <laughs> me to children all the time oh my gosh yesterday so I'm teaching a drama club online it's like third and fourth graders good group of kids one girl it's pretty quiet most of the drama club and then I had a different kid ask me like do we get to pick our parts so I'm explaining how it works the answer is no I get to pick the parts <laughs> and I was like but I will like listen to input because they're going to tell me anyway yep so it, it makes me feel less annoyed if I say it's okay. Preemptively. Right. So I'm like, everyone will have the chance to tell me which part they like, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get to play the part. So I'm listening to... This girl tells, tells me which part she wants to play. She's not going to play that part. But I'm like, okay, thank you. And um, up until that point, she'd been very quiet. So then we go back and we're reading, and I'm like, everyone have a chance to read for the part that they like so that they feel that they've had a fair shake. Uh -huh. Kids are all about, was it fair? So I'm doing my best to make that happen. And <laughs> she forgot after she had told me the part that she wanted to turn herself off mute. And so she's whispering to herself and she's like, I want to play this part. I want to play this part. Can I read oh this Oh my part? gosh. And I was like, It's like hey. subliminal. <laughs> So, like, I'm doing a screen share, so I can't see all of them once there's, like, 11 or 12 kids in there. So, I'm like, hey, I can't tell who's still talking, but everyone should be on mute right now. Oh <laughs> but gosh. I was like, I absolutely knew which kid it was. So, I was like, oh, no. So, she's not going to play that part. It's going to be a very interesting day next week when I tell her that. But, right. oof. Um, you know. It'll be fine. It'll be totally Learning experiences. Yes. Um, so I'm very excited for that, but I don't know. I just feel like I was like, I have to think of one thing for this kid because I don't think she's going to get a huge part. She clearly wants it really bad. Like, mm -hmm. what is the thing that I can hype about this kid? I don't know what it is yet. We're going to find it. Mm -hmm. It's just the first day. Yeah. You know, very clear about what she wants. There you go. I don't know when that clear, ends. Clear goals. Clear goals. Because I feel like uh, looking at your director and telling them to their face what you want, like there's a period of when I was in like high school, when I work with high schoolers now, they're like, oh, I don't care. Mm. Like, I can't want it. They're just going to be really chill about it. Yeah. You know, we're doing Wizard of Oz. There's only one real female part. All the girls are like, oh, I don't care who I get. I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely do. It's Cinderella. They're Cinderella stepsisters and no one else. And all the girls are like, I would be fine playing a mice. It's sure, fine. sure you would. Sure you would. No big deal to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I feel like that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. I mean, we've been conditioned to be like, there are no small parts. Yeah. Which is like a lovely sentiment, but like... I mean, you can make a lot out of a small part. That's, oh. That's totally true. Yeah. It's... But there are parts with more and less lines. Like, yeah. I mean, a part with no lines can completely steal a scene and be amazing. We've watched We've that happen. We've seen that happen mm -hmm. several times, but that's not 
always gonna be you and no. that's it's okay to sometimes have and a small part look, and let it be a small part directors shouldn't cast a lead that could be so easily upstaged but we've also all watched <laughs> the kid who's doing too much yeah so because they were told like this is the most important thing people are going to be watching you you can steal mm-hmm. the show so i don't know i just think we need to be like more honest yeah. <laughs> about stuff yeah. which is like part of what we wanted to do and having these conversations more publicly is like yeah. something we we're going to talk about this week balancing your opinion Mm -hmm. like how you can have a critique of something that you like yeah yeah how do you appreciate something but i mean still see the the problems with it like Mm -hmm. don't be blind to the like issues but still enjoy it yeah can be very hard to do i think it's especially hard when some of the issues are like I don't know, you think, like, well, maybe next time they're going to do this a little bit differently. And it, it, but you start to see that the issue is more, like, about the culture of the thing mm-hmm. and less about the specific one-off product of the thing. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of places that we have gotten to see shows at or, like, been involved in that have a very rigid casting structure which I think to both of us is maddeningly frustrating, like, mm-hmm. because it's not the way that we think about stuff. And there is some argument to be made for, like, typecasting. People do it for a reason. Yeah. But, like, that's never been something that we do. And I think probably because we both started our directing careers out of uh, seeing a need that like wasn't being met mm-hmm. or like pe- a group of people who wasn't being serviced so like it was never really an option to typecast because yeah. they because were we already cast offs like it's you can't <laughs> typecast the cast offs uh-huh. like you have to do something else so if you don't do something unique then the people you have won't fit yeah. when you start a program like that yeah so, I think for me, sometimes I will walk away from shows at places like that and be so focused on, like, well, this person would have been better in this role and that person would have been better, but, like, they don't look right or they're not the right age or, like, whatever mm-hmm. the problem is, that it's sometimes hard to be, like, appreciative of what the thing is yeah, because that's problem is so annoying. Like, yeah. you, you miss the, the, the whole show because you're looking at each individual piece or I find for me I'm looking at the person that I went there to see or yeah. well, I, I pick one specific person or whatever and then I focus on the whole show mm-hmm. and then I've missed the good stuff or I've missed the through line that the director was trying to create or did successfully create but they didn't cast this one person right and so it threw off the whole thing for me. Yeah. But it didn't have to. I was being lazy about my watching or whatever. And, like, your family is more artsy, so maybe you haven't experienced this. But, like, for my family, we'll go see something. And then everyone's, like, looking to me to be, like, the barometer of, like, was this good? Was this cultured? (laughs) (laughs) 
Alyssa? What do you think? <laughs> Alyssa? Um, and I don't want to, like, ruin stuff for people. Like, yes. I don't want to be, like, a joy killer. So I'm always like, I thought it was really good. What did you guys think? Give your opinions like, first. Here's 17 things I would have done differently. Yeah. I don't want to be, like, you know. Um, I have a, a colleague who I was a teaching artist with at a, at a theater here in Louisville who... Um, tells kids when we're in classrooms with them don't yuck someone else's yum hmm. it's just like I don't want to be the person who's like yeah. that was bad and I didn't like it when you walked away and we're like oh it was so pretty and I yeah. loved it so much and like it just like deflates people when you do that yep. so when yeah anytime I go see like something with me <laughs> I saw beautiful like Eric King story with my mom which is phenomenal really mm-hmm. good highly recommend it and we go to see it my mom's like crying when you get in the car she's like what did you think was it good and I was like of course it was good like look at your it was good to you yeah this is your emotional reaction and also yes like it was technically very good but also like it was good right trust your the gut feeling that you're getting Mm -hmm. out of it that's very funny yeah like it was good because it was good to you so and I think I've only ever seen, honestly, like I can say with 100% honestly, one show where I was like, top to bottom, I did not like this. I thought it was extremely poorly done. This is a professional show that I saw, so if you're a student of mine, don't think this was you. (laughs) Um, Did not think it had a lot of redeeming qualities wanted my money back Hmm. like I don't think I've walked away from any other performance like feeling like I got robbed I can only think of one time I've had many critiques yeah yeah I've seen lots and lots of shows where I walked where I sat in the parking lot afterward and talked to you or someone else about how like wow I really wish they'd seen this from this perspective yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of us did. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but that didn't mean that it did not have merit and value. Mm-hmm. Like, there's lots of art that has lots of value outside of the technical issues or whatever. Whether the person we went to see it for didn't do a great job and I mm-hmm. wasn't, like, thoroughly pleased by watching them. Like, we've seen so many things together that have been, like extremely low budget extremely low quality in the sense of like think of it as like we've seen a lot of hg productions together and we've <laughs> seen a lot of like standard death yep <laughs> local <laughs> news <Standard> broadcast <laughs> and not that the content video yeah and not that the content wasn't like good or that the talent wasn't there it's just that they didn't have resources in the same way and so mm-hmm. we've seen so many of that type of show Mm -hmm. but like some of those are like my favorite experiences of walking away and being like well that was so cute or like this thing happened or they really made something special out of like not a lot with this element or they were really creative in their use of space or like whatever the thing is that you can take away and I've also walked away and been like they could have done so much more if they didn't have to have that set that turned on a turntable. You guys know how I feel. <laughs> it's 
strong opinions on turntables. Big opinion. <laughs> but like, yeah. I think, I think, um, and it comes out of a place of like, well, how do we make our next show better? I mean, that's, even for my own shows that I've directed, that's a part of like the theatrical process is sitting down with the team later and dissecting what didn't didn't work mm -hmm. and so I think that we're so used to it that it bleeds over into the audience yeah practice especially when you see things at the same place over yes. a period of time you expect to see growth mm -hmm. and then when you don't in particular areas it's like is this a budget problem is this a usually a budget problem um <laughs> is it a space problem or is it like one oh, particular person yeah. who's just not enough actors i mean who knows there's all kinds of things but when Definitely. you see the same issue over and over it can be frustrating mm -hmm. even if that doesn't doesn't affect the merit of the actual show like right. it affects the what you see as the arc of the theater mm -hmm. um when you experience it over a period of time I think that one thing that's helped me um, to kind of recenter and remember the not to make it all a comparison mm. is watching shows with kids. That has mm. been the biggest help for me. Um, I started making it a thing to take my cousins and niece with me to shows and watching them and even watching the show less just helps to go like, wow what the heck was wrong with that change but they're clapping like this, yeah. this is not that's that's what i want yeah. like that's the angle that i want to take because then you're seeing the good pieces and mm -hmm. yeah have the critiques but like also sometimes just sit back and watch it with the eyes of a kid who's enjoying the magic yeah. like not every time and there's some shows that the magic is not there but too many blackouts. Too many blackouts or whatever. <laughs> or just very, very clear miscasting or mm -hmm. thinking that your space is bigger than it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, when I was doing Mary Poppins uh, May two years ago, everything's a blur. A year ago, I don't remember. But um, one performance, our Mary lots of issues getting that um, hat rack mm, mm -hmm. to be a hat rack um, which if anyone is doing a production of this there are different things that Disney want, the, like recommends that you do the MTI script and they're not and none of them are as good so um, I thought uh, I could make this happen because like I can usually make things happen yeah get out in front of this there's a man that makes them find him on the <laughs> internet call that man ask to rent one send it back save yourself a lot of heartache you cannot do it better tip from me to you <laughs> very hard to make but anyway one well, we decided to do something else instead which was to use like a, a teapot so in the bag it was a real teapot because this was a very last minute decision didn't have time to make a breakaway one um, and Mary dropped it on stage. Glass goes everywhere. So I'm not stage managing this show. I was teaching someone to do it, which is mad stressful for me. Mm. So I'm in the booth, like, running lights, which is my way of having control, even though I had none. So I'm like, okay. And I'm, like, explaining to the stage manager what we need to do, which is, like, call down, 
tell them that after this song, we're gonna close the curtain, I'll bring up a blue light, gotta sweep, make sure it's clear. Once it's clear, they radio back up to us, call it, like, we're ready to go. So she's making the calls, doing a great job. She's a really good stage manager. She's like making the calls over the headset. I can't hear what they're saying, which is giving me no small amount of anxiety, but it's fine. <laughs> anyway, my family was at this performance of the show, so. Um, curtain closes. In my mind, 10 minutes later, they're uh. like, okay, we're ready. I was not watching a clock. Maybe I should have been. So anyway, later, my brother, who is not you know like a newbie person to theater like knows what he's talking about for the most part has been in shows went to you know GSA whatever yeah like in the car says to me that was an accident right and I was like hmm freaking yeah it was an accident it's like 10 minutes long I closed the curtain you know I never closed the curtain like I'm upset I don't like to close the curtain until intermission like I'm giving all of these reasons <laughs> that of course it was an accident and he's like yeah I mean I figured but like she your actress handled it really well and like the kids didn't look phased mm-hmm. he's telling me all of these reasons that like even in his own mind knowing how I am as a director knowing how I hate like a long blackout an extended transition the closing of the curtain and how I would like never purposefully put like a two minute awkwardness but like we played music whatever mm-hmm. he was even kind of like I was right on the borderline and it's one of those things that like when you don't when you're not in the grind of doing it all the time you do forget that other people are not sitting in the seat like TikTok on this transition yeah. get it together like the people you're making the show for at least aren't not usually <laughs> there are some of them but like those are the people that we're not performing for yeah they are jerks <laughs> I mean last year I stage managed a show you know that was just like I thought it was just like going really poorly I was stressed all the time the reviewer came on the first night rude (laughs) don't do that um you know come to a preview or come night two (laughs) anyway um and I just thought the review was gonna be awful um but even that was like hey here were some problems but like overall the themes of the show and these different things were like something that I went home and continued to think about and like the end of the piece was like and after all, isn't that what art is? Is that you, mm. like, go home and, and ruminate on the ideas presented to you? And I was yeah. like, oh. Maybe things aren't so bad after all. Right. Huh. Like, I've been so upset about this for days. Right. And, like, maybe I didn't have to be. Well, I think especially director or stage manager it's easy to hyper focus on you're yes. like okay this is the one thing and because of this the whole thing is trash mm-hmm. it's like no remember all of these other pieces yeah. and I think like in the early rehearsals you'll like get excited about the, the fun stuff and then as you get closer to the show those cease to be interesting because that was like forever <laughs> ago yeah. and so then you forget they're like oh yeah that is funny yeah all or, that table or, or, or that, conversation or that, really, that really works <laughs> yeah right yeah. Because you've focused in on your, like, problem spots. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the show at that point. <laughs> Hopefully. How many a times? Lot of times. Um, 
And, like, especially when I'm stage managing, it's, like, usually I'm over the actors. Like, I'm not thinking about them, Mm -hmm. uh, except for, are they in the light? Do they have their thing? (laughs) Yeah. That's all I'm looking for here. Is it totally silent when it's not supposed to be? (laughs) You know that thing where, like, okay, you're, like, a little bit on autopilot. You're directing or stage managing a show. You're watching it for, like, the hundredth time. And, like, all of this sudden, you're like, wait a second. Something's off. Yeah. <laughs> like a Miss Clavel, something is not right moment. Yes. <laughs> and it takes you a second to, like, catch up. Because physically, you're just doing the things. Mm-hmm. And so it takes you a second to, like, mentally be like, okay, this is the thing that needs to happen next. Um, that happens to me all of the time. <laughs> And again, in my mind, it's 20, 30 seconds. In reality, it's half a second, mm-hmm. maybe three seconds. But, like, in my head, it's, like, everything is happening so slowly. And, like, yeah. why can't I figure out what's going on? And I think, like, we are both perfectionists in different ways. And, like... I don't mind some chaos as long as the product is like flawless. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whereas you perfect. like a very structured process to ensure a flawless product. Yeah. And like I think I just can't live like that. Like I have to have a little bit of like ah, mm-hmm. energy. But I think that like perfectionism does sometimes lead me to be like you know when different people come to see my shows what do you mean you didn't notice that we skipped a page in act two scene four you know there's 17 lines of dialogue and we didn't hit them and my dad's like were you even paying attention i don't nobody handed me a script when i walked in so (laughs) that was one of the biggest things i told kids when i was directing kids do they have a script out there in the audience (laughs) no right so if you skip a line don't go oh no and then say it or something like that I'll be saying Girl. that for you don't worry about it I okay. got it my biggest um, fail as a director huge fail uh, I was directing the ants and the grasshoppers it was little kids elementary school kids I don't think anyone was older than the fourth grade hmm. it was awful (laughs) it had been awful literally this was only the second production I had done for the company I was working for my boss was there he had seen the first one I had a panic attack literally before the thing to the point where I do stuff all the time my family knows that there's a hierarchy of things they typically don't come to the school performance in a library of you know that takes 20 minutes of the second graders to the point where I was having such a panic attack that my sister, brother, and father came to this thing oh my gosh. just to be in the room with me and then take me away from the space when it was over. <laughs> um, Supportive families. Yes. Way to go. It was, like, I knew it was going to be really bad. Yeah. And it had been really bad. The kids were not good. So I'm, like, having a lot of emotions about it, knowing that it's just, like, going to go downhill. There were, you know, some bumps. They had to call for a line one time. Whatever. It gets 
completed and I see a boy who's been like quiet good kids medium to small part crying and I'm like oh no and I'm trying to like just think back because in my mind the fact that it didn't they didn't just walk off the stage in the middle and be like we forgot was a huge win <laughs> turns out they had skipped a section then went back and when they went back they skipped again both sections were his only lines oh my gosh they get one performance his whole family is sitting on the front row so I'm like darn it <laughs> yikes but like that's not what I was saying but I was in an elementary school so it was all very quiet and to my brother yeah. who was blocking my face and I was like I have to go over there and talk to this family this kid is clearly upset and so like it's chaos kids are screaming parents are packing up their stuff the librarian is like don't touch the books there's just a lot going on and uh, so I go talk to the family who's very much like he stayed in character the whole time we were watching him I knew that they had skipped his part because we had worked on his lines at home and she was like but you couldn't even tell that it phased him on stage like very kind mm. people which like thank god because there's also a version of that story where the parents are like this is your fault uh huh yep <laughs> I was like Loki it is <laughs> um anyway but it did give me an opportunity to talk to the kid and like have a moment with him that I hadn't really had the chance to because the rest of the class was so wild and he like didn't need a lot of attention mm-hmm. in the rehearsal process I don't know what his deal is now I hope he's okay but like I felt like such a failure because I have one job like give these kids a good introduction to this space be positive like make it fun mm-hmm. fail and my boss was like yeah everybody has one like when you're working with this age group you're gonna have a train crash and like train crash did I say that right mm, it's usually a train wreck train wreck yeah makes more sense that's usually the I was like that word feels car weird crash, in my mouth. train wreck yeah I, at least train that's wreck. what I've always heard I think you're right yeah but he was like you're gonna have a train wreck one time and like kids are unpredictable you don't know how they're gonna act when you get them into the place and like you only have eight weeks so yeah it kind of is what it is like very nonchalant about it and I was like I suck I am a failure. <laughs> this kid didn't get to say his lines. He's yeah. gonna hate the theater forever. He's gonna have a phobia. <laughs> like, I've ruined his life. Oh my gosh. I would be so devastated if that were me. But just like, he was upset. He had every right to be upset. The dad was like, I told him, like, we're gonna go home. We're gonna do something that he likes. We're gonna be upset tonight. And he was like, and then tomorrow, we're gonna feel better. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Good luck. Hope that works. Um, but, like, you know, just, like, even the thing that you think is, like, the worst, it's not, yeah. like, you know, it, there's a positive in it, and that, like, I got to see that, that if it had to happen to any kid, thank God it was that kid whose, like, family was right there to support him, yeah. were very much, like, we knew we were watching we we think you did great anyway 
are like very generous and like I don't know I mean ultimately even though I thought it was awful and walked away like I'm gonna get fired um my boss was very much like could have been worse seen worse done worse (laughs) and the parents are never mad like even that family not mad most of the parents are like you look so cute in your little bug costume and Mm -hmm. we took this picture and in 20 years they're gonna look back and be like oh yeah that's when you were in the grasshoppers and the ants and we came to see you like no one cares yeah that's all that's gonna be remembered they're not gonna remember the i mean that kid might remember the not getting to say the line the tragedy the first time but like the parents aren't gonna remember that and like no, 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 the parents are never mad. That's no. definitely true. I mean, it does not matter if they call line or whatever. They're, they're just excited that their kid is doing something. And like, 99% of the time. We know that the kids are capable of not calling line, and yeah. I think that's what makes me yeah. frustrated sometimes. It's like, I've given you every tool, and I've seen you do it without this. Mm. But I think for the parents, it's like, even if afterwards you pulled them and asked, did someone have to call for line? Half of them wouldn't have noticed. The other half would have been like, yes, but I can't tell you when or who or where. Mm-hmm. I just know, like, in the back of my brain that I heard that happen. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know, the things that we think are so important are like, eh, Yeah. I hope it works out. But if it doesn't, like, okay. and those, <laughs> I was much more emotionally distraught than any of those children yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think sometimes kids just get me. Yeah. I think for us to like working in a place or at least starting, we started out working in a place that we also saw a lot of work in. And it's a weird position to be in because you to your point like don't see everything you know exactly what everything looks like Mm -hmm. you know who built it you know who directed it you know the kid who keeps being flat on their high b can hit a high b and why didn't they warm up before this Mm -hmm. um you know what the backstage traffic is like you know everything and so it's so easy to backseat drive because it's like well if you've done these things or they've asked you to come in and talk to them about something and it's like well you didn't take my advice and Mm. now it's like not right right so i think it also built a little bit of a model in us that was like well this is how we'll do it better next time regardless of what we were seeing or how good it was yeah that it was a weird experience having like kind of the 360 view of all the shows (laughs) it's real weird no one is meant to know that much no no i mean like the emotional lives of people it was just a lot like oh my gosh i don't think it's working so cute (laughs) more family photos so cute yes the the bigger tiny one is trying to get the tiniest one to smile i think (laughs) and it's amazing did just, you, I don't know where. Did you ever read Junie B. Jones books when yes. you were a kid? Yes. Do you remember the part where she's like, um, 
they're about to have a baby brother and the mom asks her what she wants to name the brother and she's like we should call him tiny and then she's like what about when he gets older and she's like then we'll call him big tiny <laughs> i don't remember that i think so about good. that all the time big tiny <laughs> adam oh. is a big tiny <laughs> yes. he's so tall <laughs> oh man i love that so much there's a girl on tiktok who does like junie b jones grown up and it's hysterical to me. She low-key looks like her. She has mm-hmm. the bangs. It's amazing. She's trying yeah. to get, like, Cartoon Network to make it a show. Big fan. I love that idea. Oh, That's yeah. great. I would love, because, like, reboots are, like, gold right now. Mm-hmm. I would love, like, Madeline grown up. Junie B. Jones grown yeah. up would be great. My mom, I had, like, a recovered memory the other day. My mom was packing some stuff up. My favorite book when I was, like kindergarten-ish was called the lunch bunnies and my mom pulled it out of a thing and I was like oh my god (laughs) I know that I read it every day the spine on it is like falling off it's my favorite book and it was just about a kid who was like he didn't know what to do in the lunch line he needed help someone to teach him how to do the lunch line how to do the lunch line that's adorable and like I uh, I don't know why the book resonated with me so much because I went to private school. There was not a lunch line. And then when I went to public school, I brought a homemade lunch every day. I never went into our actual, like, cafeteria line. So I don't know. I The book really meant something to me, though. Right, yeah. Because huh. I was like, I don't know how to do that either. And I could read that at 18 and still be like, this really resonates with me. I need someone to teach me. <laughs> I still don't understand how to do things. Yes, I'm I like still, this idea. I'm still kind of nervous. Oh, my gosh, more family photos. It's like six families doing family photos. That's so amazing. Weird. It's like it, I mean, everybody planned well, I yeah. guess. Everybody looked at the weather this week and was like, <laughs> got out their day. farmer's that almanac. Day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I remember very specifically making my father explain to me what that was when I was a child. Farmer's almanac? Because <laughs> my parents used to have one. Hello. What's up? Yeah, leave. We don't want you here. And I was like, what is this witchcraft? I don't understand. <laughs> what are they trying to tell us? Right. I still don't know what it is, so there you go. Um, It's just like, here's how things were before, so here's what we can expect to happen this year. <laughs> oh. Kind of, sort of. From my experience, that's not how things work. Except for like... <laughs> They're usually right. Yeah. I mean, there's some science to it, I think. Probably. Like, crops and stuff. I don't really know. Um, But I very specifically remember being like, who is this farmer? What does Uh, he know? I don't understand. Is he a wizard? Mm Mm-hmm. A prophet? Yes. Um, One thing that I think our bookstore should do, this is like a, one, we should write farmer's almanacs. Hysterical. (laughs) predictions based on nothing we will do it for you i love it i love it um but two i am a big fan of like um suggestions of books from specific sources so like there's a bookstore in philadelphia that i really like that does like um books recommended by our favorite podcast hosts hmm yeah or like um 
books from horror films stuff like that like weirdly specific yeah so like that's the way i mean you could do sections like that Mm -hmm. in your store like not history but like specifically from a a random era or something huh okay hyper hyper specific yeah instead of like be a really interesting catalog Mm -hmm. all right I like that a lot. There's lots of podcasts that mention lots of books that yes. I feel like I need to read. Oh, my word. Exactly. We have the books. Yeah. We'll have to do a lot of reading. Yes. Keep up with all the books in the bookstore. Well, I think um, one thing that I was always great at is reading enough of a book. <laughs> I gained that skill in high school. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To give a really, pa- a really great A passing, like, yeah. explanation. We could probably, like... That could be part of our process when we get a book. We have to write a one-page essay <laughs> to trade them. Yes. <laughs> be like, Alyssa, oh, your book reports are two weeks past due. <laughs> book reports. That, yes. That's a section I love. Books I pretended to read in high school. Yes. Amazing. So good. The Great Gatsby three times. <laughs> Did I eventually read it in college? Yes. Was it yeah. worth it? Absolutely not. No. 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 Books I pretended to read, books I actually read. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Books I told some guy I dated once that I read. <laughs> that's a good one. Yes. Because he was like artsy. <laughs> and like an English major. There's like Kafka and stuff in there. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Yep. Books guys lied to me about reading. <laughs> it's mostly plays. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Books that are about 20 pages too long. Hmm. Yep. Where the ending is lousy. <laughs> yeah. Books with a bad ending. Oh, man. Books I read 20 times in middle school. Mm-hmm. When I had the time and the attention span. Seri- oh, the attention span is a problem. I got the time. I just cannot sit. Yeah. Oh, my word. My attention span is lousy. And I used to be very judgmental about e-readers and people that listen to audiobooks and to those folks I would just like to offer my (laughs) sincerest apologies (laughs) you were right I was wrong etc I was not better just for reading it in print no I was just not make me better that just made me pretentious yes it made me very pretentious (laughs) taught me bad habits Mm -hmm. it's fine yeah yeah I mean (laughs) sitting down and reading a book for like books where the movie was better Yes. That's a good books one. Books are better than the movie. A huge section. Absolutely. Yeah, books where the movie is better is a smaller section. Books people keep recommending to me, but I haven't read. Uh, For me, it's all Harry Potter. Oh my gosh, seriously. That is the top shelf. That is interesting that we got that one in common. That yes. neither of us have read that one. I, and, and then every time someone looks in that section, they go, What? No, no, no. read no. Harry Potter? 911. <laughs> yeah, like. Read it right now. No, because then the section changes. Yeah. Dude. We, that one stays the same. It is stagnant. <laughs> I remember telling my students for the first time, like, never seen or read Harry Potter. My brother, I was 16 or 17. He couldn't drive yet. The last movie was coming out. He wanted to go to the midnight premiere. My parents were, of course, like, we're not taking you to that. <laughs> Begs me to take him. I finally say, okay. He tells me the colors that I have to wear for, like, whatever house it is that he well I wore a shirt in those colors but dressing up was strong Mm. 
Um, it was not a costume. It was very much a pair of shorts and a baseball tee I already <laughs> That works. But, um, so I take him to see the movie and I brought a book to the movie theater and literally asked him like four or five questions. The point where they're looking into the sink and then it's like time travel. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But there's one moment in the movie where that was happening and I distinctly remember looking at him and asking like four questions in a row when that happened and he was like, you're not allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> like, you're okay. done. You're done. So I'll just finish my book. Yeah. I've and seen part of one and fell asleep. The movie? The, yeah, one of the movies. I don't remember which movie it was. I must have been very tired. Yeah. So they're not fall asleep movies. No, I don't <laughs> think they're supposed to be. But I never be. tried again. Oops. Do you know I have a cousin who goes to sleep every night watching Forrest Gump? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. I'm happy to know uh, that. Yeah, that's so hysterical. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. Uh-huh. Huh. Yep. So there's just like a little fun fact for you. But yeah. Um, my students are always devastated and horrified to learn that I've never read Harry Potter. Um, and they always want me to start... I just, like, missed it. Yeah, right. I feel like I couldn't get into it now. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I did have a friend in high school who had a good chunk of the first chapter of the first book memorized. And... Dedication. And would recite it to me um, when we were, like, doing menial tasks. Like, I remember she and I were cleaning um, a dressing room together one time. And she was like... I don't know, something about Harry Potter's parents, I think, is how the first book starts. And the only reason I think I know that is because this girl would be like, this person and this person, or whatever, whatever, like, however, the first chapter, and, like, that's what she would do while we would, like, clean. So, in a way, I did listen to it on audiobook. (laughs) There you go. She could have done a recording. She should have. I was shocked that she knew it all. That's very impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. That's like, okay. This is what we're doing. That's now. your that's your thing, I mm-hmm. guess. But yeah, I mean, we're both like really big readers, and it is very much our generation. Mm. So I don't really know what happened there. I don't know. And I read like Lord of the Rings. I read Twilight. Yeah. Um, I read C.S. Lewis books, all in that same mm-hmm. kind of like family. I guess you could say. We are going to get some flack for putting Twilight and Harry Potter in the same category. Yes, I know that makes people very upset. Yes. But I just mean, like, written for that demographic at that time. Yes. And was, yes. like, hugely popular. Yes. I see. I see. Popularity-wise. Yes, yes. That makes sense. I don't think they, from what I have heard, the Harry Potter books are much better written. <laughs> that is what I have heard as well. But I read all of those Twilight books when I was, like, eighth grade. My, I had a friend in middle school and we used to trade books back and forth mm. on Fridays, which to me can only mean that I read a book a week in middle wow. school, which makes sense. That's... We read a ton of books together, she and I. That's crazy. I'm going to text her and ask her, did we read a book a week in middle school or am, I, or am I remembering that wrong? Yeah. I do think that there was a period in eighth grade where I did that. I could not do that today. No way. I wish I could. That's so cool. Same. Nope. I, I'm either like a binge or just don't read at all. Same. Like, like I'll get a book and then I, I mean, there was one, I had a lot of time earlier this week and so I read 
probably 300 pages of 500 pages. I mean, like, just a lot. Like, yeah. two-thirds of the book within two days. And it's this was a nonfiction, like, dense thing. And now it's sitting, and it will probably continue to mm-hmm. sit. Like, that's just the way it go- I don't know why I'll, like, get super into it. It's like, oh, I'm very driven to read this. And then I'm not. I do that sometimes with not... I usually will finish a book. But I do do that with TV shows. Mm -hmm. Where I get to, like, the last eight episodes of a series. And then I'm like, I need to take a break. And I think part of it is like, oh, I know I'm coming up on the end. I don't want to, like, be done so soon. So I'm going to, like, take a break. And then all of a sudden when I take a break, I'm like, hmm, maybe that wasn't as good as I thought it was. (laughs) Or like with This Is Us. Really? Yeah. I started that one and I, like binged the whole first season in less than a week like Mm -hmm. just all of them and then I started the second season and I just quit and when you're in the middle of it it's like wow this is amazing Mm -hmm. and I'm like was I just tired or brain dead and it like or or was it actually mm -hmm. good and I would like it again I'm just not in the right headspace I Very did strange. that with How to Go Away with Murder, but I know it was because it really jumped the shark. Mm. But I just, like, it used to make me very anxious. And so then um, I w- watched it with my parents. And I was working late on the days. I think it came out, like, on Thursdays. And I was in rehearsals on Thursdays late. And so then I, they were recording it, and then I never felt like watching it. And so, like... I would, they would ask me, and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do it. You can do it without me. And then mm. by the time I was, like, not actively watching it when it came out, I was like, I do not, not invested anymore. Yeah. care anymore about this. Huh. I do binge or nothing at all with books. When Ronan Farrow's book came out, Catch and Kill, I read the entire thing in maybe three or four days. Wow. And that's a thick book. Um, and, like was very into it that was also was that a quarantine book it was earlier this year but I don't maybe it wasn't a quarantine book I think it might have been though and then I read um I read a couple biographies over the summer not this summer last summer Mm -hmm. um that I really liked and a memoir that I really liked. Read the whole thing on vacation in maybe like a day and a half. Hmm. But if I don't binge a book, I'm not going to be like, I'll read 10 pages or one chapter every no. night for three months. Right. Like, I'm not like a read in bed before sleeping person. No. I feel like I want to be, but when I try and do that, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to play on my phone and then go yes. to sleep. <laughs> Aesthetically, I want to like put my phone away at like eight (laughs) o'clock, read for an hour, drink some tea, take Uh a melatonin, and go to bed. But like, I know that I cannot behave that way. Not that person. Here's one thing that I am going to miss about um, not doing theater. So, uh, hi. My name's Alyssa, and I struggle with depression. <laughs> um, I...
a large part of my depression stems from bad sleeping habits and insomnia. That is not why I'm depressed, but it is a pattern of my depression that, like, my sleep gets bad, I become more depressed, my sleep gets worse, and mm-hmm. so forth. So, part of the reason that my sleep schedule became so terrible was because I would be in rehearsals. This happened a little bit in high school, but I could also operate on a lot less sleep in high school and not feel depressed or any negative side effects. But in college, I was depressed, and also I would have rehearsals till like 12, 30, 1 in the morning, and then I would have an 8 a.m. class. And so it's like, go to bed for three hours, mm-hmm. wake up, maybe don't, maybe miss class, maybe sleep throughout the day, then I'm awake again at night, I'm perpetuating this terrible cycle, mm-hmm. or I'm operating on like negative two hours of sleep, all of a sudden it's 3 p.m. and I feel terrible. So like, it started there, then I just in professional theater same thing I'm you know in rehearsals really late then I would have like whatever job I was doing to pay my bills that I would have to go to then later when I was teaching like schools open so early y'all so then I would have to be at school at like 7 45 uh-huh. <laughs> but I would have been in rehearsal for the same theater company like till 11 the night before and then I have to be across town at a school and getting into a school like, you can't get there at 7.45 if that's what time the class starts. Like, I have to get there at, like, 7.20. Sign in, get a badge, meet the principal, mm-hmm. all the things. Get your picture taken. Uh-huh. Oh, my teaching partner and I, which, like, we were never really paired together, but we always ended up together. He, he sent me the other day, and I was like, wow, quarantine has lasted a really long time. The last school that we were at had this huge, like, floor-to-ceiling poster, banner, I guess more so, that said, gossip is poison, and it was very, like, um, finely illustrated, like, a skull and poison bottle was crazy. Yikes! (laughs) And I remember he thought it was so funny, and he took a picture of it, and a month ago, he sends it to me, and he was, like, thinking of simpler times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. So I forgot ago. that this was a thing. But, like, now, I go to sleep at, like, 11 at the latest. Mm-hmm. I wake up at, like, 8. It's very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I always thought I was, like, oh, I am, like, a night owl who, like, likes the nighttime, which is true about me. Like, I've always felt my most creative in the evening times. Mm -hmm. But, like, it turns out when I don't have anything to create, I'm okay with going to bed. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need to use that. It can, I can sleep. (laughs) I don't need her. Right? (laughs) The sleep-deprived one. Yes. Like, I know she's good at stuff. She's accomplished a lot for us. My job. have some rest. I don't, my job is not using those muscles at all. So, like, yeah. we're good, which it makes me a little bit nervous because I do think, you know, you sh- I should still be making things. Right, yeah. But I very much am like, there's a part of me that would just rather not be depressed and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. feel 
Which, like, I know it's been a tough time for a lot of people, and I feel weird about being like, I'm not depressed anymore, and it's because of quarantine. <laughs> I think a lot of people have, like, taken the time, though, to, like, make the new habits yeah. happen. And, I mean, I didn't do that during the stay-at-home orders at all. Um, I did get a lot more sleep, and that was nice. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, actually forming the habits that I'm like, no, I can, I can maintain this, that was after that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh... Things are coming back now, so, and I don't want them to come back the same. Like, right. I don't, I don't want to do everything that way. Um, so then I started forming the habits, but yeah. yeah. Well, I do think it is one of those things. It's like, okay, well, how do I take a little bit of this self-discipline yeah. into my life that can't be as rigid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which well, like is the whole game. It's mm -hmm. like. I can't do everything I want to stay up till three in the morning and be fine to go to school at eight the way that I did when I was 16. Yeah. And truly was fine. Like to the point where I was like, oh, I'm just one of those people that like doesn't need a lot of sleep. Yeah. I was like, no, you're one of those people that like is lying to yourself. <laughs> you're being a child right now. Yes. Yeah. You've grown up since 16. Mm -hmm. You need some more stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, I used to say, like, I have a sleep debt that a Disney princess couldn't pay off. But I do think, to your point, nice. like, quarantine did give us all a little bit of time. Everyone is sleep deprived. It takes you tons of hours to sleep to make up, like, one last hour. Mm -hmm. So I think we all did have a little bit of time to reset in that way, yeah. which is very beneficial. And when you don't, when your hours of your day don't feel as jam-packed, the relaxing hours of the night don't feel so elusive. Hmm. Like, there was a sense I think I had at night a lot where it was like, well, this is time that I have to myself. I don't, no one needs things from me. I can yeah. do what I want to. So I need there to be more of this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I don't want to waste this time because I can, like, write, play my piano, sing my yeah. song, like, do whatever thing I want to do, and, like, as soon as I go to sleep, I'm going to wake up in the morning and have to do something. For someone else. Yeah. Yep. So I do think that, like, since there's a little bit of a less of a sense of that, it, it's helpful. Yeah. Taking, I don't know. I think we would be foolish to not take away anything from this bizarre time. Right. I hope people take away some stuff. But yeah, figuring out how to work that into a more normal life yeah. can be the challenge. Like, yeah, it's, it's, quote, easy to come up with those, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sleep for eight hours and get up at five and work out every day at lunch. <laughs> like, I mean, when there's not a whole lot else to do, but what what can you consistently do is the stuff that actually makes a change like yeah. it's not the stuff that you do in the extreme circumstances and like I think sometimes when we set those really high bars we think of success or failure as like did I clear the bar every time mm. yep. and in reality like the success is more of like a dartboard like how close did you get to what you wanted and yeah. some days you're bullseye and some days you're like in the 10 point range but you put in more effort than you had previously and I think yeah. that's the success and I struggle with being like it's bullseye or nothing right 
There's only two options. <laughs> all the success or all the failure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't bullseye the first time, I'm not trying tomorrow. <laughs> I'm never doing like, it again. Yeah. I'm good at stuff, so... I'll just only do the things that I'm good at forever uh-huh. and never do anything else. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be a great life. We need to figure out a wrap-up. Oh, gosh. I mean, it can be long. It's been it's been a minute since we recorded anything, but That's true. we're, we're uh, looking at a, a long time right now. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Shannon's going to have to make some cuts. We can cut all of it after we talked about the theater part, probably. Oh, no, I don't care. Um... I don't know. How does this translate to an ending? Well. I mean, we're kind of saying the same thing about quarantine that we were saying about theater. Appreciate the good and the bad. That's so good. (laughs) Make the connections. Everything comes back around. There is good and bad in everything. Yes, I'm a boomerang, baby. I think um, part of our critical nature as humans is because we're very self-critical beings. Like, I don't think, I mean, I'd be, like, surprised to learn if, like, dolphins were, like, floating around being, like, Shannon's such a better swimmer than me. (laughs) Super self-aware. She saved that girl from a shark. (laughs) What have I done lately? (laughs) Um... But I think, like, our our need to, like, nitpick comes from, like, probably we're doing that to ourselves too much. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's good to strive for better, but don't let the, like, perfect be the enemy of the good. heard in that one that's a good one and in acting <laughs> yes all right i think we should um request names for the bookstore oh gosh of course so i would like i'd like to hear names for bookstore mm-hmm. and um, and if you have a very specific section you think we should do i know yeah. we have off a couple yeah but if you have an idea for a super specific section mm-hmm. i like it mm-hmm Books named after trees, specifically. Ooh, Something like that. Yes. I don't know. Random. Um, I would also like to hear what thing you want my mom to bake. <laughs> she can pretty much bake anything. Um, so just let me know if you have a, a special thing. Um, yeah. I'll put that on the menu the first day. <laughs> you can't wait. <laughs> All right. We're going to try to be more regular. It's yes. Weird time in Louisville, weird time in life. Yes. Um, COVID is an unpredictable beast, but hopefully we'll be back next yeah. week. He just keeps hitting, don't he? <laughs> Never stops. Uh-huh. Bye. Oh, I have to do the thing. You do have to do oh the thing. Oh, my gosh. We almost forgot. Um, if you want to send us this stuff that we want to hear... <laughs> Okay, so if you want to send us the things that, yes, we do indeed want to hear, send us an email to uncertaintheater at gmail.com. That is U-N-C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-H-E-A-T-R-E 
at gmail.com or you can text us or leave us a voicemail at 502-627-0296. Goodbye. Goodbye.